If you have your Bible, please turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Um, if you're able, would you please stand with me as we give honor to the uh, reading of God's word. Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. So have your Bible beside you because we will be turning to it frequently. Remember, this is God's holy word, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. May the Lord bless the reading of his own word. Please be seated. And let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come before your precious word, your eternal word. Lord, as we hear your word, let not the devil come and snatch the word away from us. But may your word sink deep into our hearts. May your word transform us. May your word Equip us to stand against persecutions and tribulations. May your word equip us to stand against the cares of the world, the worldliness, the deceitfulness of the riches, and the desires for the world. Lord, may your word enable us to produce much fruit, hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. So we pray, Father, at this moment that your Holy Spirit will teach us your word and remove all distractions. Lord, help us to focus upon your truth this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Someone asked me this question. How can you say that those who are not Christians are going to hell? What about the millions of Buddhists? What about the Muslims? 
or the Hindus? How would you answer these questions? Another person may say, I'm a good person, I'm a sincere person, I am nice, religious, spiritual, I help others, I do not harm others, and I'm well respected by others. Therefore, I'm going to heaven. I'm sure you have often heard this, Answers. How will you answer such people? Let us remember, religions do not save a person. Niceness does not save a person. Good works do not save a person. So you must tell the truth. And truth often hurts. You must tell the gospel. It will offend many people. Salvation for your soul is only possible by Jesus. There is no other means to salvation except Jesus. Salvation is only in Jesus' name. And that's what we are going to examine this morning from this text. We are going to examine this text under five headings. Number one, offense. Number two, persecution. Number three, trial. Number four, response. And fifth, salvation, not by any other name. So let us begin by looking at the first heading, offense, verses one and two. If you look at chapter three, Acts chapter three, you will read that Peter... The Apostle Peter killed a crippled man at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. The, the name of the gate was Beautiful. And of course, this incident happened in the temple in Jerusalem. There, Peter preached a sermon confirming that it was Jesus of Nazareth who healed the lame man. During his sermon, he deflected all attention, fame, and glory to Jesus. Peter accused the Jews for rejecting Jesus. Listen to what Peter said. Acts chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. But you, pointing to the Jews, but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer, referring to Barabbas, to be granted to you. And kill the prince of life, who is Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. As a witness of Jesus Christ, Peter preached the resurrection of Jesus. And he called them to repent and be converted. The preaching of the gospel offended the Jews. The gospel continues to offend people even today. And it must. Because the gospel ultimately wants the hearers to repent and to be converted. Now, who were the offenders? Sorry, who were the offended hearers? We are told, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees. 
who are the priests? They administ- administered the morning and evening worship services. The, evening, the morning and evening sacrifices. Who was the captain of the temple? He ranked, he ranked second to the high priest. In fact, he was in charge of the temple police. Who were the Sadducees? Uh, this is interesting. They were the educated, wealthy, and elite ones. They were the ones who controlled the Jewish political and religious life. They denied the resurrection of the dead. Now, what exactly offended the hearers? Look at verses 1 and 2. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed. In other words, they were annoyed, grieved, that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. I'm reading from the New King James Version, so please bear with me. The teaching and the preaching concerning Jesus and his resurrection from the dead offended the hearers. Notice, Peter did not preach in the temple in Jerusalem about showing love by bringing social justice to the oppressed and social welfare to the poor. He did not not preach about those things. He did not preach the social gospel. He presented the very core of the gospel, Jesus and the resurrection from the dead. And we are told in verse 2, this greatly disturbed them. It greatly grieved them, annoyed, and offended them. I want to ask you this. Are you willing to proclaim Jesus and his resurrection from the dead? Clearly, the gospel will offend people. It will offend your parents, your family members, your relatives, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, and even your bosses. Because these offended the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees in this text. Then are you prepared to proclaim the gospel that greatly offends people? Now itself you should prepare yourselves Look at Peter and John. They are great, towering examples for us. So ask God to grant you the boldness, the grace, and strength as he granted Peter and John. Moreover, sharing the gospel may result in persecution. Why? Because it is offensive. So we must be prepared and be ready to face persecution. Now let us look at what happened to Peter and John. So we come to the second heading, persecution, verses 3 and 4. Look at verse 3. And they laid hands on them. In other words, arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. 
Why did the hearers, the priests, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, arrest Peter and John and put them in jail? They did not rob or kill anyone. They did not incite insurrection. They committed no crime. Yet the Jews were greatly offended by the gospel. They conducted no proper inquiry because it was already evening. No credible charge pronounced. They simply put them in jail until the next day. But then Peter and John, who did no wrong, did not retaliate. They simply submitted to the temple authorities and were held in custody until the next morning. We may ask, why did Peter and John got into this trouble? Why did they get into this trouble? They could have avoided the arrest and persecution if Peter had not healed the crippled man and preached in the temple. Well, because Peter healed the cripple and preached the gospel, something phenomenal happened. Look at verse 4. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. How many were saved? About 5,000 men, women and children are not included. Just the men. How did that happen? They heard the word of God. Whoever heard the word of God believed. Because they believed, they believed because they took the word seriously and reverently as God's word, not as man's word. See, Peter did not lie, but he spoke the truth. He, he did not deceive the hearers with his personal, secular opinions. He simply spoke the truth. Whatever they heard from the lips of Peter were absolute truths and objective truths from heaven. Peter preached Christ. Peter preached the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Peter preached faith and repentance. So on that day, 5,000 men heard the absolute truths and believed and were saved. Truly, the church grew by the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to receive persecution? Are you ready to receive verbal abuse, physical abuse, mistreatment for the gospel's sake? Do you fear persecution? Do not be fearful. In church history, we read that many devout men were persecuted. People like Peter, Stephen, Paul, John Wycliffe, John Haas, Martin Luther, Hugh, 
Latimer, Nicholas Ridley. The list goes on. But the church continues to grow, and it grows rapidly, especially during persecution. Look at the churches in the Middle East, Africa, India, China, and other countries. They are growing rapidly. So do not be fearful. Now Peter and John were arrested and jailed for one night. So the trial did not take place until the following day. So we come to the third heading, trial, verses 5 and 7, 5 through 7. Look at verses 5 and 6. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. The Sanhedrin gathered on the next day for the trial of Peter and John. The Sanhedrin consists, consisted of three groups of people, the rulers, elders, and scribes. In addition, some other prominent priests were gathered there too, we are told in the text. They were Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest. Now, Annas was not the high priest in power during that time. The high priest in power during the time was his son-in-law, Caiaphas. However, Annas held the honorary title of the high priest. We do not have much information of the other named people in the Sanhedrin. Now, a trial took place to determine whether Peter and John were guilty or not, according to the Jewish law. Hence, it will be interesting to know what law did they violate. The Sanhedrin set Peter and John in the middle, and they asked a question. They did not state the charge, but rather asked an interesting subtle question. By what power or by what name have you done this? The Sanhedrin knew that a miracle took place in the temple. A man who was lame since his birth was miraculously healed. The Sanhedrin was very curious to know how. How was the cripple Healed. In other words, they acknowledged the miracle, but how did that happen was their dilemma. They wanted to know from whom did they receive the power to perform the miracle. Now, if it was some kind, if it was done through some kind of sorcery, then Peter and John would have been sentenced to death according to Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. If you have the time, please go home and check for yourself. Now, what power or what name, what or who was the source of the power? That was their main concern. And it was a subtle question, 
It could have been a trap question. How did Peter reply? So we come to the fourth heading response, verses 8 through 11 response. Jesus knew that one day his disciples will be arrested for preaching Christ. So Jesus prepared his disciples how to respond to this kind of situation. In Mark chapter 13, verse 11, there it is written, Jesus said to his disciples, but when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Amazing, isn't it? And that is exactly what Peter did. We should remember this when we are in similar situation. Look at verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave the right words for Peter to speak. Isn't that a great encouragement to us? In times like this, let us be assured that the Holy Spirit will give us the right words to speak. So Peter addressed the Sanhedrin respectfully, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Here Peter was very careful with his words. He was very respectful. Peter was surprised that they arrested him and John for a good deed of healing a helpless man. And that they wanted to know the means of the healing. Peter insisted that the lame man was not healed by his power, but by the power of Jesus. The healed lame man stood on his feet before the Sanhedrin as a testimony with Peter and John. Now look at verse 10. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Peter wanted everyone in Israel to know by what name the lame man was healed. He stated very clearly that the lame man was healed by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He reminded them that it was Jesus whom they crucified. It was Jesus whom they put to death. It was Jesus whom they rejected, had now healed the lame man. You know, the rejection of Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament, Psalm 118, verse 22. He was the stone who was rejected by the Jews, the builders, but now he has become the chief cornerstone. Jesus was despised, but now he had been exalted to prominence. How? 
resurrection. The Jews put Jesus to death. But God raised him from the dead. Without him, without Jesus, the church cannot sustain or persevere. The church stands because of Jesus, the cornerstone. Because Jesus is living. The living Jesus saved the lame man. This lame man was lame for 40 years. But now he was well both in body and soul. The healing of the body was necessary. However, far more important and necessary was the salvation of his soul. Salvation of the crippled man was not possible by any other name except the name of Jesus. So we come to the final heading. Salvation not by any other name. Verse 12. Now Peter finally concludes his reply by a stupendous statement. Look at verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. From this statement, it is very clear that salvation is not found in any other religions. Salvation is not found in the religion of the Pharisees. The Pharisees adopted a legalistic religion. They added more human laws to God's laws. They endeavored to keep all the laws in order to be saved. It was based on works righteousness. Salvation is not found also in the religion of the Sadducees. The Sadducees were anti-supernatural. They denied the existence of demons. They denied the existence of angels. They denied the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. Salvation is not found in the religions of Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism. One author said, in this way, and I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing it. Today, many people believe that all religions are basically the same. They all teach the same things. For example, many say that Judaism, Islam, and Hinduism teach the same things. Now, the question is this. If they teach the same things, then why did they persecute Christians? And are still doing. Read the New Testament Gospels. Why did the Jews persecute Christians? If all religions are the same and teaching the same things. Many say that all religions lead to the same God. It does not matter what religion you choose to live by. All lead to salvation or liberation of the souls. Some others believe that Islam and Christianity 
worship the same God. Really? Peter did not think so. Peter in this text, nor is there salvation in any other, clearly hammers the impossibility of salvation in other religions. All other religions are excluded. All other religious leaders are excluded too. Muhammad, Guru Nanak, and the list goes on. Truly, it is not the religion that can save a person, but Jesus of Nazareth can save a person. So salvation is found only in Jesus. Look at verse 12 again. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Peter insists that we can only be saved by the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Let us pause here for a while. Saved from what? Saved from sins. What sins? Lying, cheating, stealing, worshipping other gods, committing adultery, fornication, evil speaking, and so on. The crippled man was not only healed physically, but spiritually through his faith in Jesus of Nazareth. He was saved from his sins as well. You know, we are all born with sins. Sin separates man from the holy God. A sinner will suffer eternal punishment in hell. So God sent Jesus from heaven to earth to save man from their sins and punishment from hell. God gave Jesus to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This Jesus lived among men. He became the mediator between God and man. His name is Jesus. Meaning he will save his people from their sins. Why did Jesus come into this world? And the answer is found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And Mary will bring forth his son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The only Savior given to us is Jesus. So there is no other name under heaven given among men. Here Peter insists on the exclusivity of Jesus in the salvation of sinners. It means salvation is not possible by any other means, persons, or religions except Jesus. And Peter is not saying something new. He is reiterating what Jesus claimed several weeks ago. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through me. In these words, Jesus took the name of Jehovah, the great I am, on his lips by claiming, I am the way. 
Jesus was saying that he is the only way for all sinners to enter heaven. He is the only way to salvation. One author said this about the difference between other religions and Christianity. Quote, The founders of other religions such as Buddha, Confucius, and Muhammad point to the way to their God. But Jesus Christ presents himself as the way to God. He is the way to God. Unquote. Now, who can show us the way to heaven unless that person is from heaven? No one has come from heaven to show us the way to heaven except Jesus. He came from heaven and only He can show us the way to heaven. My friends, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This was the conviction of Peter. This is the conviction of the church, historically. Is this your conviction? Is Jesus of Nazareth your Lord and Savior? I urge all of you who are not Christians, to trust Jesus, for only He can save you and safely bring you to heaven. I want to address the children and the young people now. Children and young people, do not think that since your parents are saved uh, and are believers, thus you can go to heaven. No. God cannot believe for you. Jesus Christ cannot believe for you. Your parents cannot believe for you. You must believe in Jesus for yourself. So don't delay in coming to Jesus. Turn away from your sins and believe in Him today. Today is the day of your salvation. Salvation is only found in Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we heard your word. Lord, help us not to be hearers of God's word only, but may we be doers of God's word. Lord, may your word transform us. May your word sink deep into our hearts the absolute truth that we heard from Acts chapter 4. Lord, help us to respond to your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.